2: Okay, I'm always scared. I just do it anyway. hmm That's the difference like fear is it propels me instead of inhibits me. Mm-hmm. The more I'm afraid of something the more I attack it
3: Drop it like it's hot, drop it like it's hot, drop it like it's hot <laughs> Natalie, what do I do? You <laughs> hope it's giddy giddy
2: <laughs> Um, Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, Well, first of all, we can't believe you
3: said yes, because we're like, we're just two Toronto moms who do a (laughs) podcast, and we do it usually out of our car. We don't ever do a studio. We we, do it out
2: of your car. I love that. Because we have seven kids, and we're always on the go. Well, you know, you're a mom. I'm um, the eldest of seven. I mean, the eldest of eight. I have seven siblings. Uh, Been pregnant ten times, four kids, you know, there's... No, really, birth control is not such a big thing in my world. So, you know, I think I haven't counted exactly because they don't talk to me anymore, but I think it's around 70 something nieces and nephews. I don't know the exact number, but it's in that ballpark. Maybe that's a big family. So yes. you get on the go. You get, oh, oh yes. having, oh, so yes. we never are able to commit to one.
3: We have to be moving to get lots oh, of things done. So you're doing seven things at once, and yep. if it doesn't work for
2: people, it's like, that's just how like, it goes. you got to fit into this life of ours. Or the car
1: is cool. a great studio. Yeah, great lighting, go. great sound.
2: You know that that expression, you want to get something done? Yeah. Ask a very busy person. Yes. yes.
1: Why don't you do our introduction? Okay. Next? So you, you have the bio. Yeah. Yes, we are so excited that Julia Hart is here. Julia is a self-made businesswoman designer and best-selling author and she was raised in an ultra-orthodox Jewish community and at age 42 she fled changed her name and without any formal education or background in fashion launched her career as a designer with her namesake shoe collection and we, a lot of us know you because of your reality show yes. I remember my mom called me and she was just like Natalie you need to look this up and I was kind of confused because there was the other show called Unorthodox, Unorthodox. It's a bit yes. confusing yes so I'm like no mom I've already seen that she's like you have not seen this she's like go watch it and call me and my husband and I just watched oh, it was just so entertaining you're you. so inspirational thank you I can't believe it 42 years old you had the strength to leave a world that you knew was not for you. And literally, we just were in our um, Facebook group, and a woman just put in an anonymous post. And she said, I'm thinking of leaving my husband, but at my age, with my kids, I just don't know if it's worth how hard it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. And I'm and gonna have had, to work, I'm gonna have to share my Zippy kids. We had Zippy Owens
3: yesterday. Do you know Zippy Owens? No. She also restarted her life, oh, wow. and had four kids, and sense. divorced, and okay. like, She just was like, "It was so hard if that wasn't me." And so it's like it feels like this is a
2: theme. But I think I think people, you know, I always tell this story. um, I'm not a zoo person. I don't like, (laughs) I don't like anything in a cage for my viewing pleasure. I just find that terrifyingly awful. But my kids really begged me. We want to go to the zoo. We want to go to the zoo. So I took them to the San Diego Zoo Mm -hmm. because I figured, okay, it's a zoo, but they're not in a cage. (laughs) It's, oh they're know, not they, in a cage no there's no cages oh. they're, they recreate the habitat that's kind of nice so yeah, I mean it's still not uh-huh. great but at least there's not bars uh-huh. and you know you just your, your yeah. heart doesn't want to like you know just
0: yes. grab
2: them out and you know free them yeah. so we go to the San Diego Zoo and we're driving around in this little like you know Range Rovery yeah. kind of thing and we get to this enclosure this um, area and it's this African elk, this re- and it's the animal in the animal kingdom that jumps higher than any other animal in the world. Okay. Okay, and the guide says, where's the fence? What keeps these elks inside their habitat? Right. And we look around, there's no fence, there's oh. no gates, there's no wires, there's nothing. So finally we give up, and he points out that at the corners of the enclosure are these really tall telephone poles. Mm-hmm. Nothing in between them. Okay. And at the very top, connecting those telephone poles is like a half C pipe. So imagine like a big a regular pipe yep. cut in half. So it's just a C.
0: Yep.
2: Connecting these four telephone poles at the very, very top. Okay. Very big C. So the tour guide tells us that the way this animal jumps is it comes to the edge of the enclosure, looks up to measure the distance. And does the jump. But when this animal comes to the edge of the enclosure, when they look up, they see that pipe, C. And they think there's a ceiling. So they don't jump. So they never try to jump. Wow. They could walk through. Wow. Their impediment is in their mind. There is no ceiling. And when I was there and I saw that it this just giant went off in my head and I realized our impediments are in our minds and we can walk the route but we look up and we think too hard too far distance I can't jump there's a ceiling and we never try
3: so did your whole life you knew that that part of your brain was there, but you just ignored it?
2: Well, it's that I thought that it made me a bad person. So for 42 years, you're like, I... For 42 years, all the questions I had, all that that feeling that I don't even belong in my own skin, because what I'm told a woman is supposed to be is meek and mild and obedient. And, uh, you know, my whole purpose in life, very clearly delineated, your biology defines your destiny. All women are put on this planet for the same purpose. To have children and be subservient to their husbands. Period. We're supposed to be quiet. We're not supposed to want to engage in intellectual pursuits. Why does a woman need an intellectual pursuit if all she has to do is make babies? And by the way, if she knows too much, she's not going to be that obedient to her husband. She may actually ask questions. Oh my goodness. An educated woman is a dangerous woman. Wow. So... And all of this, and I'm being told, you know, which means a woman's mind is light, which is the excuse given for why we can't study the Talmud uh, that governs our lives, where all the laws are found. And in fact, you know, in the book, I list a lot of, you know, the laws that mm-hmm. are involved, but there's no way it would have been a scholarly work if I stuck it all in. So, what Penguin Random House allowed me to do is if you go to brazenbook.com, there is a piece called Sources. And you can go through there and you can actually see the source material that proves every word I'm saying. And when you read that, like, there's this thing, like, why doesn't a woman, why isn't she required to go to synagogue? Why isn't she supposed to learn the Talmud? And it's like, because her husband's her master and God is her master. So, If God is saying, go to synagogue at this time, but her husband wants her to do X at the same time, she's going to be in too much trouble. Either God will be displeased with her or her husband will be. So rather than force her to have two masters, God steps back and says, no, 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 your husband's your only master. That's (laughs) what it says.
1: How did you stay, like,
3: quiet for so
1: long? Because
2: I thought, it's... Look, think of society,
3: right? I was going to say, you're talking about a religion, but I feel like society, like she's saying, she most women now bury, not bury, they carry everything. They go to work, they come home, they clean, they take care of the kids, and... The husband doesn't yeah. really have to show up. He has to show yeah. up mediocrely. Yeah. And, and then he's just, a hero if he shows up in it, any capacity. Yes.
2: Can you explain to me how when a man watches his children, yeah. he's babysitting? <laughs> we talk about this all the time. And when this is a woman, our woman watches platform. her children, she's just being a mom. And if
3: that child has a tantrum or misbehaves, the it's it's everyone's, the everyone's like, Oh my god! And if it's a dad, they're like, It's okay. You're, you're doing, doing a great doing job. job. Look, yeah. you're such a hero for taking those It's so outrageous.
2: Or the other thing that really bothers me and this is in this world not in my world is you know i travel for business a lot I'm yeah like, when a man travels for business he's a good provider when a woman travels for business, she's a bad mother. Oh my God! It's so
1: true. I mean, we didn't leave our children for like a decade, and then this opportunity for us, like a job was created, and then tour life was a part of it, and we never left. And if we ever left, we had like mom. Our mom's always there to take care of everything, and like everything written down to the minute of where everybody has Grocery to go. Grocery shopping like, from everything.
3: the road, right? Yeah. Like Instacarting from like some town because no one it's else knows how to order milk. I'm out of milk. I know. I'm like. You know you're out of milk when you get halfway through the jug. You need it tomorrow, and you're calling me in a panic. It's ridiculous.
2: But in my world, so these are the societal norms here. Mm -hmm. In my world, you have to go back to Bridgerton or, you know, um, the 1800s where, think about it. Most women were fine in the role that they were given. And so those women who stood out, who wanted more, who wanted an education, they were denigrated. They were, you know, I mean, you know, there's a, you have to see it. It's unbelievable. There's a show now called Suffs about the suffragette movement. And these women, like nowadays you take voting, we all take voting as a given right. Mm -hmm. Go back. I mean, we got the right to vote in this country in the 20s. Yeah, we're talking literally a hundred years ago, and when they were demanding their right to vote, they were imprisoned, they were they were force fed, they were literally beaten up, denigrated, made fun of. They were called you know horrible things. Their lives were destroyed for what? For asking for equality. So. I grew up in a world where everyone around me seemed happy. Everyone else accepted these rules. I didn't know any other way. And so... I'm sitting here thinking, but this makes no sense. My intellect is not less than a man's. Was your childhood happy? Like, did you remember having a happy No, childhood? I hate it. But I had no childhood. I oh, babysat so all so day. So, when you
3: said everyone was happy, you were no, not? No, I mean, the- you know, the, everyone your, your around me the seemed society. happy,
2: but you were not exactly. You were like from very little, like, no, this well, is I not. Well, I just couldn't make peace with the fact that my mind seemed very equal, if not greater than most men there, and yet I was told that I was inferior to them. What age should that start at when you get Oh, begin? goodness, when I first got there. I mean, I just, I, I had such difficulty conforming to these societal norms of what a woman's supposed to be. You're supposed to be modest, and I don't mean in just dress. I mean modest in behavior. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to stand out anyway, and that was my problem. I couldn't not stand out. I couldn't shut up, and so... Here is this ideal woman that I'm supposed to be, and here is Julia, and she's just too loud. She has too many opinions. She has too many questions. She's noticeable. She's colorful. She's problematic. Yeah. And so, you know, um, I had this rabbi once come to my house, and he uh, told a, uh, like on Shabbos, the man expounds on some Torah topic, okay? And of course, women, if they're sitting at the table, um, I have to be silent and just nod and be like, yeah, so genius. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> You're amazing. <laughs> yes. You're so awesome. Let, <laughs> let, 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 me, let me bow down. So, and he gives this whole speech, and it's all about how the first time you see um, the words Uvne Yisrael, meaning the Jewish nation, are after the Egyptian pharaoh starts um, trying to destroy them. And his whole concept was that, you know, Jews do well in trauma. Like trauma builds character. That was the basic concept. And I am saying to myself, and I had studied the, the Torah. And I was like, mm, actually that's not true. There is a different time. The actual first time it says Uvne Yisrael, the Jewish nation, is right before that. It says, Uvne Yisrael paru v'yishutsu v'yarbu v'yatsmu b'odma'od v'tameleha arts osam. See, I still remember it. Which means that the Jewish people grew in number and they became bigger and bigger until the land was filled with them. And then comes Pharaoh and then come the decrees. And I couldn't help myself because what he said was just factually inaccurate. Mm -hmm. And so little Julia, the the housewife, very politely said, um, so I think that's, (laughs) (laughs) I think you may be mistaken. Oh my God, I got pummeled, pummeled. Like physically? No, no, no. Oh, I was like, oh no, my no, no. God. Shoes don't, don't hurt people physically. Oh, we okay. just torture you mentally and emotionally. Okay, got <laughs> it, got okay. it. Mm.
0: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with
2: beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments.
0: Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
2: So,
1: but after all of that, and you knew all of that, weren't you, wasn't it so frightening to think that this world is all I know, even though obviously you had educated yourself and you
2: knew well, was I, so much more. Well, only after I decided to leave, not before. How
1: long after you decided to leave did you actually leave?
2: Almost 10 years.
1: <gasps> so you were doing the work for 10 years behind
2: the scenes. Educating myself. Do you
3: get in trouble for leaving?
2: Get in trouble. I no one talks to me.
3: Okay, so you you have to make a choice to leave. Every you, Everyone you take a and risk of losing you know. everything
2: you know. Yeah. How like
3: do you get... actually leave?
2: Like did... well, I'll tell you. You know, as you said, it's really two parts. It's that decision to leave, and that decision happened in my early thirties. Meaning, right. until then, I was still under the impression, again, the jail in my head oh. that told me I'm the crazy one. Not that the laws are unjust or there is inequity. It's that I'm back. Why can't I just shut up? Why do I want to study? Right, you're questioning yourself. I'm questioning myself the whole time. time. And then when my daughter, uh, Miriam, the one who's about to graduate Stanford, Mm -hmm. she started asking those questions. And when my five year old started asking those questions, that's what gave me permission to say, it's not me. Because you could not convince me that an innocent five year old was bad. Mm -mm. Right. And I'd never spoken those things out loud. But then there's a decision I want to leave, and then there's actually walking out the door, Uh and I think it's very hard to explain what that's like. The best way to do it, I would say, is um, there's a show on TV now, The Man Who Fell to Earth. You You have
3: you got no? I I am. I feel like we have so much to catch up on.
2: So um, did you ever see Kate and Leopold? No. Okay, that's a really old movie. But basically, the idea, The Man Who Fell to Earth and Kate and Leopold is. The man who fell to Earth is an, uh, an alien who comes to planet Earth. And his dis- dissonance and confusion, because it's a planet, he doesn't understand. It's a culture he has no idea of. Caden Leopold is about a guy who falls through a wormhole in time from the 17th century and lands in the 21st century. That's what it feels like. That's so It's time travel to Mars. And you? What are you wearing when you leave? Oh, I was still fully covered wig, the whole nine yards. I was too scared to take it off.
1: How did you know where you were going to go? I didn't.
2: I went to a hotel. I literally Googled Manhattan hotel, and the first one that came up, I think, was the W. I keep trying to remember because I was so crazed that day. It's hard to, but I'm pretty sure it was the W hotel. Yeah, but it's time travel. I'm leaving the 1700s where women have no rights. And their husbands are their bo- ma- masters. You know, my community, a woman cannot divorce a husband. He has to give her permission. Mm-hmm. He can beat her, hang her off a window, slap around her children, torment her. She cannot leave him without his permission. Mm-hmm. Do you know many abusive men who give permission to the people they're abusing? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, okay, I know I'm being terrible. Go yes. ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will let you go. Right. So you're literally leaving the 1700s, traveling to a world where you don't know anyone. You don't understand the culture. I didn't go to prom, I didn't date, I never kissed a a person, I did not have a credit card. I was going to say, because you probably didn't even have a credit card. Well, people do have credit cards. I personally did not have one. I just never had a credit card. You know, I had my um, debit card from my bank account that was directly linked to my husband's and every time I spent $3 it pinged on his phone exactly what I was spending on. And so I had cell no... autonomy Yes, I had a cell phone. Okay, you had a cell phone. But don't forget, by the time I left, I was much more modern orthodox. I was already watching movies and going to movie theaters. It was a very gradual process. It's not like I... Oh. It's, as I said, I educated myself. It took me almost 10 years. Did you secretly do that? Oh, no, no. By the time I was leaving, I was openly like, fuck all of you. <laughs> um, I, was, I was keeping all the laws. I wasn't doing any of the extras. So I said, show me a law that says I can't watch a movie. Show me a lot because it's all it's called clumers. It's like stringencies. So I just stopped doing any of the stringencies. I kept all the laws, but no more stringencies. Oh they must have been queer. They were not crazy happy Crazy. Let's with just you. say they were not happy with me. So I walk out the door into look, you have to understand, I'd never been on a date. Yeah. I'd never gone to a bar. I'd never been at a club. I'd never seen an invoice. I knew nothing about the outside world. Nothing. I had no pop culture references. I, I literally knew nothing. and You had so much to catch up I mean, it's, it's almost, you know, you don't realize how much you just pick up uh-huh. almost by osmosis, just by yeah, being yeah. around. Um, you know, Caring, the Caring Group, right, who owns, like, Gucci. And yeah. They invited me to the screening of Thelma and Louise uh-huh. with Susan Sarandon and Gina Davis. There. There's, like, 50 of us and the two of them, and there's, like, a speech about it and everyone goes inside and like you get to watch the movie with the actresses who are in it, right? So they're sitting like right next to me and while we're watching Thelma and Louise mm. and everyone around us is whispering mm. because they've seen the movie before. Yeah. And I'm busy shushing everybody because I'd never seen it. I'd never heard of Thelma and Louise. I didn't know what that was and it was the most amazing movie ever but there I was 49 years old be like wow this is incredible but you know you don't realize like you know people say oh and I was a prom and mm-hmm. you know I just started dating for the first time in my life I'm 51 years old is this fun well it's amazing but oh, I, I was like I'm well, like, ta- yeah I mean it's <sighs> incredible but we think about dated it in a very long time uh, I know <laughs> but I didn't ever get to date because I got married through a shidduch right through a matchmaker so there's no dating right and then when I left, I'm going to be, if you've read the book, you know, it wasn't exactly dating. It was like, oh my God, sex, amazing, yay. And so the first <laughs> six months, I just, you know, yeah. Yeah. And Everyone's like, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. yeah. And then afterwards, I met someone, thought I was in love, and it was one boyfriend. And then after that was my soon-to-be ex. So... Here I am now at 51 years old. I just went on all those apps, you know, Raya and oh Hinge God, and Bumble seven. and the League, and I it hit me, holy shit, I've never dated. I think I I'm think 51 years absolutely. old. I'm, I have been dating for three weeks in my life. How ridiculous! How is that? But you're doing. I just think of so many. Yeah, you know, I, I, I just keep coming
3: back to like <laughs> number Do you one. You actually meet guys on app. Oh, how else app? am I supposed to meet them? The bar.
2: No, I can't do that. I wouldn't know what to do.
3: But, like, think, you're showing your daughters, like, that, you know, you can restart at oh, yeah. any age, at oh, any absolutely. time. yeah. You're sh- absolutely. You're giving permission to women to understand that it's not over at a certain age, and you can go back and do redo Do to of
2: the craziest thing? Y- yes, absolutely. always. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm sitting at Lurefish Bar, and it's a restaurant here okay. outside, and across the street is, like, a paper source or one of those things that you can buy cards. Yeah. You anyway, know, I'm sitting there, and this woman comes up to my table and hands me a handwritten letter. Mm -hmm. Which means she must have seen me at Laura Fishburne, gone across the street, bought stationery, came back and gave me And in this letter, I mean, I'm going to fucking cry every time I think about it. Um, She she writes that the day that my show came out was the day she was planning to commit suicide. And uh, that she was in an extremely abusive marriage, um sorry I'm gonna no. Serenity now. She was in an extremely abusive marriage and she had planned her death to the last detail. She had sent letters to all her close friends. She had sent all of her possessions that weren't her husband's to the people she cared about, and she had a plan for her last day on Earth. And her plan was that she would um have her favorite meal, watch something, and take pills, Mm -hmm. and kill herself. And she decided, she pops open the TV, and she sees Netflix, and she sees My Unorthodox Life, and she starts watching it. And she binges the whole show, Mm -hmm. packs up her bags, walks out on her husband, and chooses life. Because she didn't know she could leave. She said oh, to herself, wow. "If this woman can do it at 43, at 42, not knowing anything, I can do it too." And
1: okay. you can only imagine. I mean, that woman happened to see you, but how many women have felt so inspired by your story? You. In Did all you ever see her
2: again, or no? No, no. And I, but I've had literally tens of thousands of women on Instagram, on DMs, because of course they're in situations where they can't say these things yeah. publicly. But women have told me, I've had. One other person say that they chose not to commit suicide, Mm -hmm. so two people, and then other people have told me they left bad marriages, they started the business they were dreaming of, they quit their job, I mean, people who have literally picked up and changed their lives, and that's what this is all about, it's why I wrote the book, it's why I do the show, because if I can do it, without any education, without knowing a single human being in the outside world, anyone can. Anyone can do it. Anyone can.
1: I wanted to ask you when you were, um, you know, thinking of writing the book, were you scared at all for the truths to come out and how people were going to react to it? But after
2: meeting you, I don't think you feel scared anymore. You know, it's funny because I wish I could say I don't feel scared. Okay. I'm always scared. I just do it anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the difference. like fear is it propels me instead of inhibits me. Mm -hmm. The more I'm afraid of something, the more I attack it. So it's not that I don't have fear because I think I think being brave isn't not being afraid. I think we all have to be afraid; otherwise, we're just yeah. we, we're stupid. Yeah, like you have to know right. what is coming. And and I gotta tell you, before that book came out, I mean, I had massive nightmares mm-hmm. that like random strangers are gonna, in the street are gonna know the most intimate details of my life. Uh-huh. And I and I thought I took out like a lot of things and then put them back in and then took them back out and mm-hmm. then put them back in because. It's embarrassing. You you know, I'm well, it super comes out, like, honest. It comes yeah. out a
3: year, like you read it a year later when it's done. And you're like, oh, maybe I should have taken that one out. You know, you, you kind know, of forget and then you have a panic attack. Yeah, no, really I had a panic
2: it. attack for yeah. months because, yeah. but I made that decision and I stuck to it. Because I said to myself, look, if I smooth out the story, mm-hmm. if I don't tell yeah. about the bumps mm-hmm. and the messes, people are going to read it and say, oh, well, she's perfect or she's a genius or mm-hmm. she's this or that and it doesn't relate to me. Mm -hmm. It had to, I had to show people what a mess it was, what a traumatic experience it was, how many mistakes I made, because that's part of it. Because I want women to know that it's okay to make mistakes.
3: That's so true, and we need need so much more of of people like you. What do you think your kids take from you and like your journey, do you think most? Like when you see them, do you think they're like, my mom is, they were to like sum it up,
2: I mean, I think, you know, they think I'm the strongest person they've ever met Um, and you know, I think they feel a lot of gratitude because they know what their life would have been like had I stayed. I mean, think about Batsheva, my eldest daughter. She has an amazing business. She's such a self starter. She's so self motivated. Beautiful. Go, but also, just I mean, a and really, a really hard person. worker and yeah. such a. She now she gets to make choices in life. If I had stayed, she'd be on baby number five. Yes. Is she? Did she leave with? Because did you
3: leave alone? Right? Are you detailing the book? How? how yeah. And it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a, a, a journey, slow, it's a gradual,
2: pulling them out one at a time. And they,
3: how did you keep in con- contact with them?
2: Well, because, you know, my ex-husband is a good guy. I mean, yeah. we, we made, yeah. I mean, he's a really good guy. He's just it, a good It's
3: kind of confusing, because the rules are...
2: It's so the rules that are it's, problematic, it's, it's not con- the
1: person. Because you're like, it's, it feels like he wouldn't be, you guys wouldn't have such an amazing relationship. It feels like it shouldn't be that way.
2: Because, but the thing is, he was as much of a victim as I was. We were given such defined roles as, this is husband, this is wife. He was taught that being affectionate to me will detract from his scholarly pursuits and it will cause all of us to go to hell. He was taught no foreplay, no cuddling. Why? Because if you spend too much time with your wife, you're not gonna be focused on your Torah studies. So he was forced in a role that he was about as comfortable in as I was. You know, a month before, a month or five weeks, really right before I walked out the door, I get called into the rabbi's office because I was dancing too provocatively at my friend's wedding. Okay? Now, mind you, I'm 42 years old, Yeah. still being called into the principal's office. Mm -hmm. Number two, it's separate. There's no men. You're dancing with just females. Well, no, not just dancing with females. It's in different rooms. You're not allowed to see each other. So there's either a mechitza, right, there's that wall in between you, or it's in actually two separate rooms, but there's no men. So I say to what this rabbi, I said, Well, sorry, um, you don't believe in lesbianism and there were no guys, so who was I provoking, right?
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
3: Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig.
2: Wow. What did he say? <laughs> right. But the worst part of it, it's not me that just got called in. My husband got called in. Oh, he's in and trouble he's because in trouble. of you. He's in trouble. Control your woman.
3: Do you think he's proud of you now, your ex?
2: Not just proud of me, you know. Um, he left. <gasps> he
3: left too.
2: He left too. He's still religious, but he's modern orthodox. He's married to the woman from the show. Yeah. Who's a...
3: Who you went to the wedding
2: with? Incredible woman, had an actual degree from a real college, is a professional, doesn't cover her hair, wears pants, like, lives a normal 21st century life. And they called me from Puerto Rico, where they went for him to propose. Now you have to understand, Mm -hmm. you've read the book. I got proposed in a parking lot after my husband, Dav, the afternoon prayer, and the proposal was, will you be my Aisha Schyle? which means, will you be my women of valor? We didn't even know each other. You couldn't say, I love you. Yeah. We, I didn't even know yeah. what his favorite food was. I knew nothing about him. So he calls me from Puerto Rico, so now, obviously, very different situation. Yeah. He's traveling with a woman before marriage. Uh-huh. Um, and he says, Julia, thank you. Aww. My life is so much better. Yeah, you saved him too. I saved him too, and he knows it, and he's so appreciative, and he's a really dear friend. He's a good friend. He's a good man.
1: What about the 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 youngest, your youngest son? Where's he?
2: That's a tough one.
1: Yeah,
2: he's become even more religious than when you saw on the show, much more. Wow. Much, much more. Wow. Because there's like a save our own campaign. He's much more religious than my husband, yes. my ex-husband. Yes. My ex-husband is as worried about him as I Oh, really? How old is he now? Fifteen. Wow.
3: I never eat. This not journey is
2: not I age. mean, it's it's deprogramming yourself. It is a very... And for guys, they're the gods in that world. Yeah,
3: I was going to say, it's that's not, very different very than, very than different. a female. Uh-huh. Oh, we're so cognizant of your time. And Are you religious? Are you, is there any religion in you now or no? Am I allowed
2: to curse on this? Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck
3: no. Uh, okay. <laughs> so it's, yeah, you're like, fuck no. Because your husband, you said, is still practicing. Yeah, but
2: you know what? I'll tell you something. I love being Jewish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I feel closer to God now than I ever did when I was in that world. I believe in God. Uh-huh. I'm spiritual. Okay. I just don't believe in organized religion. Right. And I do do Passover and Sukkot and Hanukkah with my family, not for the religious aspect, but for the familial one. Like, it makes my... Sun happy. Mm-hmm. And it's a time for the family to gather together. And my version of Passover is we go to Miami, I'm in a bikini by the pool, <laughs> and they're eating matzah. So my version matzo. of Passover. I, 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 so my version of Passover. I love that part. Sounds great.
1: You <laughs> want to be Jewish now <laughs> in your family. Wow. That... Um, so the second season is filmed?
2: Yes. Except we still have some pickup weeks, you know, like. Yes. yes. There's some drama coming my way, so we're saving some time for that.
3: There's some trauma. But you seem very stable, like very, like, good energy right now and a good... Oh,
2: I mean, I just keep telling myself this is part of my freedom journey. It's not the first time I've been attacked. It's not the first time men have tried to steal everything that I've worked for. It's just part of my freedom journey. And I think to myself, as much as women could relate to what happened to me in that world, mm-hmm. think about how many women mm-hmm. have been in a situation where they do all the work, uh-huh. They make all the value, uh-huh. and then a man comes along in his fancy suit with his fancy degree and says it's all mine. Think of how many women have been through divorces where they have no voice and no power. Uh-huh. So I have to stay strong because if I don't, how do I help other people? Yeah. I can't. So I got to smile. I got to stay strong. I'm gonna fight until I win because I do believe in justice.
1: And you do have great people around me. Oh you. my god. And yes, and your and your and, and your my kids. And, your kids.
2: and you know when I left my community, I was all alone. My kids were too small. I didn't want to burden them. Yeah. Now, I've got people. Yes. I've got my family, I've got my friends, I have the people who work for me who have been so loyal. They know that everything out there is such nonsense. And what really shocked me, I've got to tell you, is my new friends that I made since the show came out like people I came in contact with and I thought the second all those lies came out she stole this and she did that you're talking about the newest the, new de- the newest morse, allegations the newest, the allegations. newest yeah we're yeah.
3: We're, we're, we are, we're trying to be respectful no I that, love that, that I so love that. not but it's
2: by not. the way like I mean that's gonna we're already we just put in a thing to dismiss it it's so ludicrous and nonsensical but anyway point being I thought they would run for the hills they didn't they support me. They check up on me. Um, a big shout-out to Christine Chu from Bling Empire, who made a party for my book. Didn't care what anyone thought or anyone said. Those are the people. Those are the people, you know. I had um, uh, people who came to that party, you know, really renowned, famous people who were like, we are standing by you. I've got, um, I'm doing this uh, fundraiser in my apartment in a few weeks that Gloria Steinem is coming to and hopefully the governor of New York, people have really supported me and stood behind me. It's huge. And that's a big, big concern. Considering you
3: left alone, you know what I mean? And now you have people, which is is new. Exactly. When you you have a crew around you, which would be kind of a new situation for you in a situation that you're kind of reliving.
2: That's right. And so, you know, there's just so much evidence that I've never taken a dollar that doesn't belong to me, that that part is just nonsense. It's noise. It's the excuse to steal what I've built. That's all it is. It's that simple. Gonna be because a otherwise, team? it's like, Julia Hart built a billion-dollar business. How do I take it away from her? Well, the only way to do it is to accuse her of things that make it... That I'm the good guy, right? That's the only way to do it. Yeah. But there's just too much proof that it's... And, and already... The lawsuit that he put that all into, he's already taken half of that out. Of course, those those facts the papers don't talk about. I can't about.
1: believe you have to go through this. It is
2: really outrageous. I can't
1: believe you have I to I built a this.
2: billion dollar business from a $70 million company. And here I am having to defend myself. It's so egregious and outrageous. Sometimes I just want to like... Oh
3: God, I don't know how you sleep again. But
2: I remind myself, I really do, and I have to... Um, there's this incredible woman named Ellen, and... Um, she has been such, she's a a new friend. And she's the one who gave me tickets to see the the suffragette show. And they weren't just accused of being bad people and liars and thieves. They were jailed and imprisoned for speaking the truth. Mm -hmm. And I watched that and I reminded myself. That men have been stealing what women have done for thousands of years. And there's this scene in the show that, um, there's this big scene in the show where she's in jail and they went on a hunger strike because, you know what they got arrested for? Traffic violation. Because when they were, uh, Uh that's all the thing, that's the only thing they could think of. Right. So they're arrested for a traffic, for, you know, making traffic difficult, and they're put into, like, a basic, basically a dungeon, and when they refused to eat, they were force-fed. You know, tubes stuck down their throats, oh bleeding everywhere, like, uh, just, you can't, and it's all factual, and I thought to myself, Juliet, if they can do it, mm-hmm. you better just fucking stand up, <sighs> do not give up, you know, I may win a... I may lose a battle here and there, but I will not lose that war because the truth is just the truth. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, that's so true. So I just look at the women who've come before me and remind myself I have to do it. That I have to do it. And then I remind myself that the women who come after me Mm -hmm. will look back here and say, well, the woman who came before me, she fought, so I can fight. And we, that's what we have to do. We just have to be aligned, push fighters Keep pushing, and right? Keep pushing. Keep pushing.
1: Oh, Julia, I can't wait to just watch the rest <laughs> of everything happen. Can't wait for the second season. Excuse you me. guys have to check out her book, Brazen. And where can people follow your journey?
2: At JuliaHeart um, on Instagram. And, yeah, Brazen and BrazenBook.com. And, of course, My Unorthodox Life on Netflix. Ah! When
1: season two premiere? They oh, said it, with, it said, says on the internet that the, it's speculation that it'll come out in the summer as the last one did.
3: Oh, okay. Speculation.
1: I like that. Legally
2: <laughs> not allowed. We, we understand said. all the it's
1: legal stuff, you can't say when it's going to come
2: out. I know. It's so annoying. Oh, we appreciate <laughs> But I love Netflix. They've been yes, incredible yeah. supporters, and I'm not messing with them. No,
3: no. no well, <laughs> that's we're going to need a third season. I mean, the story is just just,
1: just Yeah, forgot.
2: it's, it's just,
3: crazier it's, and crazier. And it sounds like another book. Um, yeah. Thank you for joining us. Thank we you appreciate so much. It. So, you taking a chance on the two of us.
2: Oh, my goodness. Getting two women, moms. I'm like,
3: absolutely. Oh, like, this is what gosh. it's all
2: about. Thank you.